Are you ready to hustle? Welcome to The Hustle with Justin Harrison, the ultimate podcast for money, motivation, and inspiration. In this season of The Hustle, we are focusing in on people's personal finance questions, everything from investing to retirement planning. And today we have Jeff from Pinetown with us. Jeff has got a couple of very important questions. Jeff, it's fire away with your first question. Okay, so my, my first question is, I'm 57. I've got no retirement funding. What happens when I get sidelined at 65 from the corporate environment? Because I can't uh, rely on SASA. I'm not going to survive on that. So where to from here? So the first thing to understand is that uh, whether you have money or not, you're going to get sidelined at 65 irrespective. Uh, unless you go into politics, where it seems to be the starting age in politics is about 65. But uh, in all seriousness, you are a couple of years off from retiring and if you don't have any funding together you've really got to get your act together very quickly because here's the thing your ability to earn decreases drastically with age and so you are probably at the tipping point at this moment uh, i usually say to people if by 50 you haven't got your your stuff together when it comes to retirement you're in deep trouble the first thing to understand is that jeff you are already deep deep trouble the reality of the situation is you have obviously made some financial choices in your life that have led to this point. And, you know, there are life circumstances that happen. You know, you, you have things that happen where you may not work for a while. People have had COVID uh, that has had a drastic drain on people's finances, divorces. All of these things have a huge role to play in where people are. But the biggest, the biggest factor comes down to the financial choices you've made. And uh, it is first and foremost about taking accountability that you cannot change what has happened. You can now only knuckle down and focus on fixing the problem. So how do you fix the problem, right? You have to undergo a dramatic fundamental lifestyle shift. Number one, you have to figure out how to absolutely cut every expense you can. And even if you're at the point in saying, well, there's no way that I can do it. I'm, I'm living on the absolute bare minimum already. You're going to have to go harder because here's the thing. There's only there's only two ways to solve this problem. One is you've got to spend a lot less and the other is you've got to earn a lot more. And earning a lot more comes much later than the figuring out how to spend less. So you're going to spend less right now today. And for a lot of people, that's going to look like something entirely different. Um, that might mean that you, you know, might need to take a very uncomfortable approach to your living environment. You may have to cram your whole family into a one-bedroom flat for a while. Whatever it is, you're going to have to do it because you have a limited amount of time available. You've got literally eight years to get your act together. And listen, eight years goes by very quickly. But eight years is also sufficient to solve the problem, provided that you're prepared to take the pain. And the pain means you have to forego every element of your normal consumer cycles and behaviors. Forget about having a new phone, forget about having a new car, forget about all of that. That stuff is unimportant. The only thing you need to be focusing on right now, how do I spend the least amount of money to survive and how do I figure out to earn more money so that I can start building up a kitty for retirement? Because if you can get yourself into a position where you very quickly start accumulating 20,000 Rand a month, that changes your picture in eight years very quickly, very quickly. You won't see it in the first year, you won't see it in the second year, but by the fourth and fifth year, if you're consistently putting away that kind of money, it is sufficient to retire. And here is the thing, right? I tell people this all the time. You do not have to work 40 years to retire. You need eight years. 
surprisingly, your number is eight years. You need eight years to retire. The way we've been taught about retirement planning is entirely wrong. It's about putting away 10% of what you earn for 40 years and then you'll be able to retire. My retirement planning that I preach to people is get retired financially as quickly as possible. Continue working. There's nothing wrong with that. But get yourself into a position of being able to financially retire. And eight years is the number. If you knuckle down and spend the bare minimum and just put every amount of money you can away, you will be able to provide yourself with a retirement fund. But if you don't get on that train immediately and you don't do it soon, you're going to be in deep trouble. Because once you go over 65, it is going to become infinitely more difficult for you to generate any money of of subsequence. And so the other piece of advice I'm going to give you is to also think differently about your retirement. So one part is you have to accumulate capital. There is no question about it. And part of that is you've got to go earn the money first. Once you're earning the money, you've then got to set that money aside. The second thing is you need to think about retirement less as a number in the bank and more about how can you start creating passive forms of income? Because passive forms of income are going to give you the equivalent of what capital in the bank would have provided. So try and get some capital in the bank, but also try and set up some passive income streams because those passive income streams will become part of your inflow of cash. So that's really important. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 100%. <laughs> yeah, quite frightening when you look at it that way. The thing is, Jeff, everybody wants a magic answer. Everybody wants a magic pull. The, the truth of it is I am merely here to echo what's in your deepest thoughts, what you truly already know, and to reiterate what you refuse to face in the mirror every single day, which is you've made really crappy life choices up until this point. Life has no doubt kicked you in the donkey a few times, but the reality of it is you're in this position because of the things you had control of, which you chose not to exercise control over. And so now you have to control those things going forward. And the biggest one of all, you cannot spend more than you earn. If, if you don't have it, you can't spend it. And that means you have to go without. And it is tough. It is not nice. It is uncomfortable. But you know what's a lot more uncomfortable is getting to a point where you can't earn money and then having no money. That's the worst. And that's why, that's why I'm trying to wake people up and trying to wake youngsters up that it's nice to talk about flashy cars and a nice house and all the rest. But really what it's about is making sure that you are financially free in your golden years, because that is important because your earning ability is removed. hundred percent. I think, I think you actually even answered my second question that I had was, you know, how do I save every cent when it's paid to rent or not even debt or food? Because if you start putting away and sorting out passive income, um, that obviously helps. I mean, yeah, um, it's very difficult. The, the, the answer is to earn more money, but you've got to get to that stage where you're going to earn more money. Um, I'm pretty much down on the the bones of, of as low as I can go with rents, as low as I can go with anything else. Um, but it's now to find those things and obviously live on, on what we've got at the moment um, and then obviously build up from that. Um, so you can't, I don't know if we can go any lower than, than the rent we paying, but we can obviously try and cut out on, you know, you, you don't take, don't do takeaways, you don't do anything like that, and obviously put money away where you can and look at passive income as a thing and, and obviously try and build up sort of somewhere along the way that, that we can get going. Yeah. So look, again, you know, there's no, there's no magic uh, solution to this. If you don't have it, you can't spend it, right? And so if you don't have it in the first place, you're going to have to make very uncomfortable choices. One of my choices uh, in my career and in my path is that I 
chose to become homeless. And I know that sounds kind of strange to people, but I had nothing. And so I could have gone and borrowed money from friends and family and made debt, but I chose to go and be as uncomfortable as you could humanly be. And I had no income, so therefore I didn't deserve a house. This is the way my brain worked. And I decided to go and literally for the first while couch surf. And then from there I went and I became completely homeless for a period of two years. And uh, that period of adjustment was an incredible lesson for me. It made me realize that we actually can live with very little and in fact, next to nothing, but I never took my eye off the prize. And I think this is what's important for most people. They don't want to undergo fundamental lifestyle shifts. Even if you feel like right now you can't, do any better you actually probably could you could go rent a back room in somebody's house for a lot cheaper and i know it's not what you want to hear but here's the thing as long as you know that the choices you are making are temporary and that you have a very clear path in terms of where you're going those choices become very comfortable because it becomes a question of do i take on five years of absolute pain and suffering for an eternity in my golden years of being comfortable or do i head down the inevitable path which I'm on now, which is just make enough to pay rent, make enough to pay, you know, the lights and water and put food on the table. And then I get to 65 and realize, actually, I've I've wasted another eight years and I'm back in the same position. And the problem is everybody is so focused because it is a human nature to focus on the opportunity rather than what's in front of us. Everybody focuses on how do I earn more money? How do I earn more money? How do I earn more money? The reality of it is money Like any other resource, is something that needs to be managed. If you open the tap and leave the tap open, the borehole will run dry. This is how life works. And the same thing is going to happen in your finances. And if you're just making it and you're just spending what you're earning, you literally, you're as good as being homeless, basically. You you are as good as having nothing. And so you've got to figure out what the next five years looks like for you, how you can absolutely minimize every single expense. You need to figure out how you can reduce your expenditure. I mean, I've just spoken to a guy literally on this podcast for this season who has sold up his home. He's taken up a back room at the place where he works. Uh, he's got a young baby on the way. So it's, it's a very tough decision that he's made. But he's now setting aside 60% of his income towards what he plans to do. And he's already started working on weekends to create extra income. He's working in the evenings. He doesn't go home and sit on the couch. He's actually figuring out how to earn the money. But the first step he made was to go and be uncomfortable by living with as little as possible. And so my advice to you is to have that difficult conversation with yourself. And again, you can't change what has happened, but we have to be realists about the situation. You are where you are today because of a collective set of decisions that led you here. And even if life has thrown you some curveballs, you weren't able to fend off those curveballs because you didn't make the right decisions. And so now you have no choice other than to make different decisions. And it is uncomfortable, but you're going to have to do it. No, 100%. I mean, you know, that's the thing now. If you, and exactly what you say, if you've got the right goal in mind and and it's you basically looking at it as a temporary temporary situation to basically freedom in the in the in the, the the end you know it's not a it's not a thing where you're going to be sitting in a room for the rest of your life you get you're going to be doing this to create yourself a better life in the future so it's not a thing where you're going to be sitting there for 20 years and you know then moving into a coffin you're going to be sitting there for for eight years or 10 years and then from there it it, it starts exponentially getting better yeah. Exactly correct. Um, so let's talk about your third question. 
Okay, so my third question was, okay, I spent life looking for money-making opportunities but always failed, so what have I done wrong? So, so I'm always the guy that will put my hand up and say, listen, I can do it. Uh, it looks good. It always looks good on paper, but it, it, it always it turns out shit. So I don't know what – yeah, I think guys have sold me lots of stories and it just hasn't worked out. So the answer is in the question itself. You've spent your life looking for – money-making opportunities. And I always tell people, don't look for opportunity. Opportunity will find you when you're really good at something. And so the problem is people look at opportunity as how do I make my next buck? People look at opportunity as how do I get into something that's going to make money? People look at opportunity as what is the next thing that's going to trend that I can get involved with that is potentially something for me to gain momentum with in my financial drive, in my vision. And here's the problem with opportunity. Opportunity is everywhere, right? Everything has opportunity to it. What you need to be asking yourself in future is what can I involve myself with and attach myself to that is sustainable? Now, that's an entirely different conversation. That's an entirely different frame of question. Essentially, it has very similar directions, but has an entirely different outcome. The thing with a lot of opportunities is they last for a minute. The thing with seeking out something that is sustainable long-term is that you are building one thing on top of the other and creating something that has substance forever. And so this has led into every business decision I've ever made. I've had a lot of opportunities to get involved in things that could make a lot of money in the interim, in the short term, in the medium term. But I've failed to see the long-term value proposition. I failed to see the long-term significance of that thing. And then I've chosen not to be involved in those things. You want to be involved in things that are sustainable. And here's why people don't get involved in sustainable things, Jeff. It's a simple equation. Sustainable things take time to build. Sustainable things mean that it's going to take you a period of discomfort to get going. I tell people, if you want to start a business, the first three years is like giving birth every single day. And Matter of fact, it's like giving birth every day and every other day you lose the, the child you just gave birth to. And the first three years is hell. It is pain. It is suffering. And only after year three do you start seeing a glimmer of hope. And then by year five, you might have a profitable business if you've done everything right. And so I tell people, don't go into business if you're not prepared for five years of pain and suffering and discomfort. And this is the difference between building things that are sustainable versus building things that are an opportunity. I know so many people in my personal journey that have made a couple of million bucks here and there on a thing that they got involved in, only to see them return back to the same place over and over and over again. And the cycle repeats itself because they're chasing opportunity rather than sustainability. And so in my life, I have focused in from the age of 26 of building small, steady, sustainable forms of income. And even if it was just a couple of bucks here every month, a couple of bucks there every month, as long as I could stack and build on that and I knew it had longevity to it and I'm not building something for five minutes, therein is the difference between becoming successfully uh, free from the system of enslavement when it comes to personal finance. And so whilst it's great to make capital and I make capital all the time, it is on the back of things that I've built sustainably. And so you have to change your frame of reference. And I always say it's just one or two words 
that everybody's missing to put them on the right path. The thing that puts you on the right path is to say, when you look at something, is this sustainable? Will it be around in the next 10 years? Does it still solve problems in the next 10 years? Is it still going to be of value to somebody in 10 years? Is this something that is going to give me consistent return for my effort? And I can relate this perfectly to sales because you are in sales and so you understand exactly what I'm saying. Most people go through life like this in sales and in life in general. They go, new customer, new opportunity, new customer, new opportunity. And what they leave behind them is a wake of opportunity and customers. And they focus on the next great thing in front of them. And what you need to be doing is you need to be finding in sales how to sell something once off to somebody, nurture that customer, develop a relationship with them, and walk sustainably into the future with them. So if I were in car sales, I most certainly wouldn't want to sell to the public. I would be focused on, say, for example, fleet sales because it's reoccurring business. This is the difference between seeking out opportunity and seeking out sustainability. Yeah, 100%. Does that resonate with you? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's a hundred percent. You know, when you start looking at that, and then you can see, like you say, it's just a word, but it's it's your that word changes your whole way of thinking because it's a thought pattern that you that you are imprinting in your brain, um, and once you start thinking differently, you start looking at things differently. So yeah, it's definitely does resonate. Yeah. If you found value from this episode of The Hustle, please be sure to leave us a rating on your favorite podcasting app and also make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button to make sure that you never miss an episode of The Hustle Podcast. And remember, hustle makes muscle. Stay motivated by The Hustle. Talkers talk, but hustlers hustle. Find more episodes at ecr.co.za or your favorite podcast app.